All right. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open your Bibles for me <clears throat> to the book of Mark uh, in this synoptic gospel. Amen. It's synoptic because they all say the same thing. Amen. Mark chapter 10. Amen. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10. And um, I want to look at this passage. I want to look at verses 28 to verse uh, 31 today. Amen. I'm not going to do the whole chapter like last week. We're going to do Mark chapter. Uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 28 to 31. Amen. Let's look at this together. If you have your Bible, if you have your Bibles, uh, please open your Bibles, get your pen, get your notebook, because it's preaching time. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 28 says, Peter began to say to him, behold, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the sake of the God and the gospel's sake. Verse 30 but that he will receive, tell you never receive, a hundred times, notice the return, a hundred times as much now in the present age, what? Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children and farms along, watch this now, with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. I want to talk about this morning, it's worth the sacrifice. Amen. Stay committed. It's worth, I'm going to say it one more time. Let me see, I guess. It's worth the sacrifice. In this Christian life, it's, it, it's, ama it's an amazing life. Uh, we have ups, we have downs, uh, we have good days, and it seems like sometimes our good days outweigh our bad days, and then sometimes it seems like our bad days, amen, outweigh our good days, amen. Life, amen, as a Christian, life as a believer, amen, can, can be confusing for some. And if you've been a believer for any amount of time, you realize that you, you're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. Amen. Sometimes you'll gain and sometimes you'll lose. And, 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 and that's the confusing part for most people. Most people, amen, when they think about coming to Jesus, when they think about living a life, amen, for Jesus, they, they don't think about the fact that, that, that bad things will happen. Come on and help me, somebody, to good people. The path to becoming, amen, a champion, amen, is paved with great sacrifice, amen. They say it takes hours and hours of practice, amen, to become better, to become proficient, to become a master in what you do. Many researchers suggest that it takes 10,000 hours, amen, if you practice your art for two hours a day, it would take you 
amen, 13.7 years to reach your mark. Mm, you hear that? It's called the 10,000 hour challenge. Most athletes, amen, use this formula to master what they do. The question today is, what was one of the biggest sacrifices you've had to make in order to get to the top? Top athletes respond to some of the greatest challenges. Take uh, Bart Connor, a U.S. Olympic Hall of Famer and world champion. On this key issue of sacrifice, he says, the key issue for me is that I never saw any of it, listen to this, as sacrifice, just choices. So I never felt that I was missing something, only that I choose, come on somebody, something else. You see, oftentimes we have regrets, amen? And are you willing to sacrifice to do what it takes to get to where you're going? Rich Franklin, the former UFC middleweight champion said, when you do something you love, you don't consider it a sacrifice like other people would. However, to be the best, you must be willing to go beyond what your competition is willing to sacrifice. You see, the question that I have for you this morning is, what is the greatest sacrifice you've made, amen, in order to get this far in your Christian life? And the other question is, do you have any regrets? You see, because sometimes the enemy will try to cause us to have regrets for giving up certain things in this Christian life. But in this passage today, we find that Jesus, amen, from, from chapter one, he's dealing with one issue. And that issue is that they wanted, they, they wanted to, 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 to talk about divorce. They brought up an issue uh, to Jesus talking about you know, uh, should we divorce? Should we not divorce? Jesus said, listen, and, and then they brought up the fact that Moses said it was okay to divorce, but Jesus said, because y'all nagged him so much, he said, okay, y'all, y'all can divorce. You see, but the conclusion was, Jesus said, but I say that divorce is never an option. Are you with me? In certain circumstances, of course. Verses 13 to 17, Jesus said, don't hinder the children. The children were coming to Jesus. <clears throat> it's amazing that Jesus would illustrate. Amen. He would illustrate. So he used the illustration. They were hindering the young children to come to Jesus. And then Jesus said, listen, don't hinder them to come to me, but use this as a way for you to come to me. In other words, you have to come to me. If you're going to sacrifice anything, you have to come to me with the right attitude. The right attitude, saints. The right attitude is a childlike attitude. You see, you got to give up your attitude if, if, if you want to really come to Jesus. But from verses 17 to 27, it sets the stage for where we're going in verse 28. The rich young man asked Jesus this question. He says, he says in verse 17, as he was sitting, setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, and look what he asked him. He says, this is what he said. He said, he said, teacher, I'm sorry. He says, he said, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God. He said, good teacher. 
He says, you know the commandments. Jesus is telling him he knows the commandment. Don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witnesses, don't defraud anyone. But verse 20 is key. And he said to him, teacher, now this young man who was rich, and, and he was filthy rich, he was Warren Buffett rich, okay? Look what he says to Jesus. See, sometimes we can make the wrong evaluation about ourselves. Sometimes we can think that we're there or we have done so much in God's eyes that we are right with God, but you got to take another look at God's word to see whether or not you're heading in the right direction. Come on, say amen. He said, teach, I've kept all these things since, I've, since I was a youth. This man said, I did what nobody else does. I got money, but I followed the law. Looking at him, Jesus felt love. Watch this. The text says Jesus felt, felt love for him and said, one thing you lack. You know what I found out? Just when I think I got it, it seems like I got one thing lacking. <laughs> this one thing that I'm lacking, and it's the things that I love the most that I'm holding on to. Come on, help me, somebody. That I believe that we don't want to look at that area because why? Because we don't want to may let it go. There's some things we're going to have to sacrifice in order to live this Christian life. And there's some things in this Christian life you're going to have to let go. Jesus pointed out. He says, one thing you, one thing you lack. He says, go sell all you possess and give to the poor. And you will have what? Treasure in heaven and come follow me. Notice. Jesus said that not only when you give all that you have away will I give you, but I will give you I will give you tre heavenly treasures or treasures that will not fade away. You see, oftentimes we put more value on things on earth than we do on heavenly things. Sometimes we're, we're saying, man, I done sacrificed my time. I done went to Bible study. I done gave. I done did this. I done did that. And, and all these earthly things that you're giving up to follow Jesus. I'm getting to my points here in a minute, but watch this. But sometimes we have regrets behind it. I want to say to somebody here this morning, don't regret what you've done. This man, this man, Jesus commanded him and told him, and he suggested that what, what he had, he could give it up so he can gain something better, amen? But verse 22 says, but at these words, he was sad. And he went away and grieved for he was one who owned what? Much property. This man was not willing to sacrifice everything. Jesus said he felt love for him. Isn't that interesting? That even though he was not lining up with everything that Jesus wanted from him or what he should have been doing, the Bible says that Jesus in verse 21 felt love. The tense here is in the, it's an aggressive arrest. And what that, what that means is speaking of entrance into a new condition. In other words, what he asked Jesus and what Jesus instructed him, amen, and what Jesus felt for him, put him in a new condition in Jesus's eyes. Now watch this. This is what I call the ultimate sacrifice. I believe that, that that's what Jesus wants from us as believers. We have to understand that, 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 that what sacrifice entails. Sacrifice is the fact when you're sacrificing for Christ, 
When you're sacrificing for your spiritual life, it means that you have to give up some things. And somebody here this morning, the rich young man was looking for a bargain on this day. Though he wanted the best of both worlds. And somebody here this morning, I wanna tell you something. You can't have the best of both worlds, amen. He was doomed for failure. He was, he was not willing to sacrifice everything to follow him. I ask you a question today. What are you willing to sacrifice, amen? What are you willing to sacrifice so that you can gain, watch this, earth, heavenly blessings with earthly results? Are you with me? You see, you see, the universe, God's, God owns the universe. Not only does he own the universe, but God wants to, to give you more than you'll ever imagine. But I thank God that Jesus then goes on and he says in verse 25, look at verse 25. He says, I'm sorry, from verses 23 to 25, Jesus talks about the, 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 the issue about rich people, right? That, that the rich, that those who are wealthy. Verse 23, he says, looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, how hard it is it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. See, here's what I believe. I believe that prosperity preaching has overtaken Christianity today such, such in such a way that where people are more interested in prosperity, amen, than in a position of humility. I believe that people want to be rich, but they want to, they want to do it at the expense of giving up the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, it's hard for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of heaven. The disciples were amazed at his words. And, but Jesus answered and said to them, children, how hard, is it, how, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of heaven? He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. They were even more astonished and said, then who can be saved? Look, look at verse 27. Looking at them, Jesus said, with people, it is what? Impossible. But with God, for, but, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. See, I want to say this to you. What you're looking at in your life right now, you're saying it's hard, it's difficult. Maybe you gave up something. Amen. To, to, to be part of the kingdom. Maybe you've given up. And we all got to give up something to get into the kingdom, right? But I want to say this to you. Don't you have no regrets? Don't you have any regrets? Because the point of this message today is to help you to understand that it's worth the sacrifice. Amen? It's worth the sacrifice. Now, after all of this, verse 28 is where we'll go in. So how do you stay connected and committed and realizing that it's worth the sacrifice? Because some people say it's not worth the sacrifice. But even Peter fell for the okie doke. Look at Peter. Peter answered, verse 28, Peter said, began to say, look what he said. He says, Peter began to say to him, we, behold, we left everything and followed you. What would cause Peter to open, you know, Peter was always the boisterous one, right? Peter would always speak without thinking. But Peter looked at the rich man, right? And, and he compared himself, 
to the rich man. Peter was looking at the rich man saying, kind of like the man who's in the temple praying and you had the Pharisee in the temple and you had the, the, the poor man in the temple, poor man's praying and, and, and the rich man, the Pharisee, the, the, the religious man is comparing and I'm not like him. That's, the, that's what Peter did here. And so here's the first thing you gotta understand. If you're gonna, if, if it's worth the sacrifice, there's some things that you need to know. And the first thing that you have to look at, first thing that you have to leave behind is this, is pride. Look at the text, pride. It says, Peter began to say, behold, we left everything in fact. In other words, he was bragging. Peter was very impulsive. Peter didn't get it. Peter didn't get it, you know? He, he said, we left everything behind, our careers, uh, our, our family, our friends, and all this other stuff. They were fishermen. And it was, he was right. It was true. But he was comparing himself to the man. And he was somehow looking for his reward now. Are you saying that it's not okay to ask? I want to say this to you today. It's okay to ask, but you got to make sure that if it's worth the sacrifice, you got to get rid of any pride that may still be lingering around or any regrets that you may have for doing what you have done for the Lord. So if you're going to know that it's worth the sacrifice, you have to realize that pride through impatience, through comparison, through envy, through entitlement may creep in. You have to be patient and you have to wait. Don't compare yourself to the world. You, you, you may have received your share of trials, but you, you got to remember that there will be a reward. You, you me? Don't look at the world and regret that you have given up the whole world. See, the reason why some of us may not be able to say this, that we've given up everything, because we have one foot in the world and we have one foot in the church. Amen. And I want to say to somebody here, you got to remember that when you go all in, and when you've sacrificed everything, Peter was right about what he said, but he still had a touch of pride because the best is yet to come. We have to be careful, watch this, write this down, that we're not impatient and that all of a sudden we're back into the world searching for significance, searching for purpose, searching for something that we'll never find. Look at Jesus' response to Peter. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one Hallelujah. Watch this. Who has left? Jesus had to get it right. Watch what he said. Get him right. He says, he said, no one has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or farms for my sake. And for the gospel's sake, tell your neighbor this, you can't, out, you can't beat God giving. God, Jesus is saying, if you think you've given up something, I want to tell you, you have not given up nothing. So the, not, the next thing you have to look at is your priorities. He says, if you have not given up anything for my sake, that's your priorities. Jesus' response is staggering. He's setting the stage. He's setting the record straight. He says, I know what you've sacrificed, but guess what? You haven't really given up anything because everything you got, father, mother, brother, house, money, it all came from me. I know what you gave up. Matthew 6, says this, 
that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. So the giver of all things is God and he is Jehovah Jireh. So it came from his hand. So all we did was return to God what he gave us. But what we have to do to understand if it's worth the sacrifice and if you're gonna stay committed, you have to prioritize the kingdom. Jesus is saying, whenever you think you've given up, it's nothing compared to what I've given up for you. Come on, help me somebody. The verse helps us to understand that there are gonna be some people who are close to us, amen. That, that's gonna be some friends, there's gonna be some family members, there's gonna be some, 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 some opportunities that come your way, whatever it is, amen, that you have given up, amen. You gotta remember, you gotta make Jesus your priority, amen? Because he says, you haven't given up anything until you have put me first in your life. Are you with me? Look at verse 30 and he's, and, 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 and but verse 30, he says, but he will receive, watch this now, but he will receive a hundred times as much now. You got to catch that word now. See, oftentimes when people are weak spiritually and they don't know the Lord and they don't really understand how he operates, they think that they've given up so much. But after pride is gone and after you prioritize, the next thing that comes is prosperity. Prosperity is part of the plan. But see, not prosperity as we think. You know, when we think prosperity, we're thinking about bling bling and money. But, but to be spiritually rich, come on, help me somebody. He says, no one, he says, who will not receive in this time, now, now, in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms. Watch the text. Jesus, who has insight, foresight, amen, and ultimately who knows everything, he says, you are going to receive a hundred times more. The return rate does not match what you gave. Lord have mercy. But whatever you sacrifice, saints, somebody here you've been thinking about, man, I didn't gave that much to the church this year, but guess what? I want to tell you something that God is going to give you back a hundredfold of what you've given up. Some of you have given up time. Some of you have given up your treasures. Some of you have given up your talents. But, I but what I want to tell you today is that Jesus makes a promise here. This is a promise that he, that he will not go back on. He says, you will receive. He is alluding to the fact that in the kingdom of heaven, you have brothers and you'll have sisters. What you think when you left the world, you left all that behind. And what I see is that there are people who are trying to go back to, to the world to, 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 to get their brothers and sisters, but they're, they're not interested in the kingdom. You've sacrificed that. You've sacrificed some relationships. You've sacrificed some things to get where you are. And I want to tell you something that God is going to return to you a hundredfold. You better look for that prosperity. The text says not later, but now in this present age, you're going to live long enough to see that the sacrifice that you made was worth it. You're going to enjoy it now, not later. You're going to enjoy it now. Some of us, amen, uh, we got to be patient. Amen. You can't compare the riches of the rich man 
and the riches that Jesus will give you, amen, in this life, it doesn't compare. And if you stay committed, the success will come. But you got to be patient. You got to wait. You, 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 one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. God's timing is not our timing. God, listen, God doesn't see as man sees. And if you, you've given up something, if you've sacrificed, we're getting ready to go into 40 days of fasting and people saying, man, I don't know if I can do that. But if you sacrifice, you will receive a hundred times more of what you sacrificed. Jesus saying, if you're going to bless, if he, watch this, if I'm going to bless you, you have to sacrifice. There's nothing that you can really give up that I will not return to you 100 fold. The prosperity preacher only focuses on the prosperity, that, but they don't focus on the sacrifice that's required. Come on and help me for the prosperity. But, but, but see, here's the thing. So you got pride. Amen. You got prosperity. Amen. You, you got priority. But the next thing you have is persecution. You see, I want to lay that on you today because I want you to know, saints, he says, you'll receive houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children farms along with. Mark is the only writer that includes persecution. Every one of the disciples died a horrible death except for John. But I want to say, and I think that this is where we get thrown off, saints, but tell your neighbor it's worth the sacrifice. When persecution comes at work, when persecution comes in your marriage, when persecution comes from people, watch this. Because of what you've given up, don't you say, well, God, look what I gave up. Why am I going through all of this? No, your persecution has a purpose. And your persecution, watch this, saints, your persecution is to develop patience. Your persecution is to grow you in the faith. Your persecution has a purpose. God is saying whatever you've given up, I don't want you to get comfortable with the prosperity, so I got to, guess what? I got to bring you down to earth every now and then. Persecution makes you humble. Watch this. Persecution, amen, uh, hallelujah, comes. And, and when it comes, you got to realize that God is using the persecution to turn things around for your good. As I said, Mark is the only writer that includes persecution. Don't let the prosperity preacher keep telling you that God has a wonderful plan for your life. Don't let don't buy the self-help gospel. Get the real gospel. Get the gospel that tells you that, yeah, persecution is part of my package. Tell your neighbor it's part of my package. But when persecution comes, God will make a way of escape for you. Persecution will keep you from getting the big head. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, along with persecution, watch this, in the age to come, and in the age to come, along with persecution, eternal life. So the next thing you got to write down is this. It's worth the sacrifice. It's called predestination. Your package includes a trip to heaven. Lord, have mercy. Lord, I've given up family. I've given up friends. I've given up all this stuff. I've given up so much, God. I'm suffering. I'm by myself. My husband left. My wife left. My children, I'm all alone or whatever the case may be. But I want to tell you, your package, 
Listen, you may have been poor in this life, but in the next life, you're a billionaire. But Jesus said, in between that time and this time, I'm still going to give you prosperity. Jesus has given the disciple a realistic view of ministry. He was not selling them a pipe dream. All the disciples, except for John, died a horrible death. This is where, I, this is where your hope comes in. That even though you've been called to ministry and even though you've been called to what you're doing now as a Christian and you find yourself going through time and time again, I wish I had a few amens right there, amen, that God is going to turn things around. But in the end, the devil will not get you. You are heaven bound, baby. You are, you have eternal life. That, this is where we as believers have hope. Because our future has really been ripped away, amen, from Satan. And Christ, who made the last sacrifice, endured the cross so that we can get into the next life. Or his sacrifice. The rich man didn't get eternal life. You see, the text says he was grieved and then he walked away. But I want to say to somebody here today, even with all of his money, he couldn't buy the guarantee of eternal life. Think about it. Jeff Bezos, uh, his company made $1 trillion in one day this quarter. He gave it all up. You know what he gave it up for? Listen, his sacrifice, right? He gave it up not for Christ, but he gave it up so that he can go get, a, uh, get into the space program to go to, to, go to the moon. He's got so much money that he don't know what to do with it. But in the end, watch this, his money can't take him past the moon into the third heaven. He can't say that he has eternal life. But I want to say to somebody here before I go that you have eternal life. And not only do you have eternal life, but you may be on the, you may be the underdog right now. You may be on the losing end right now. But, but I stopped by to tell you today Verse 31 says, but many of you who are first will be last. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. And the last, oh, hallelujah to his holy name, shall be first. You may be saying, I've been overlooked. I've been underappreciated. I want to say to somebody here today, I've been, you're saying I've been on the bottom so long, Pastor. But I want to tell you something. Tell your neighbor it's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the sacrifice. You got to pay the price. But in the end, there's promotion. In the end, there's glorification. Promotion, he says, many who are first will be last. A lot of us are in a rush to be first. Amen. But the last shall be first. In other words, the underdog is going to win. So so if you if you if you if it, it, as I close today, I want to encourage you this. Don't have no regrets. Yeah, some of us haven't even started giving up anything. But but listen, you can't give up now. You've made the sacrifice. You've come this far. Maybe you need to change churches. Maybe you need to change scenery, but I want to tell you something but you know, maybe there's some family members that you had to give up. There's some friends you had to leave behind. But I stopped by to tell you, in the end, there's promotion. 
A man was out with his wife and they got caught in a terrible hailstorm. The hail was as large as a baseball's. As they were coming down, the man realized that if he didn't do something, his wife would be severely hurt. He quickly draped himself over his wife, covering her with his own body so that instead of the storm hitting his wife, it was hitting him. Man was man asked a question. It was asked later on, why did you do it? Amen. Why did you put your body through so much? He says, it was worth the sacrifice. I love my wife so much that it was worth the sacrifice. Some of you have been sacrificing for your children. Some of you have been sacrificing for your friends. Some of you have been sacrificing so much and it doesn't seem like it's paying off. But I want to stop by to tell you today, it's worth the sacrifice. You got to hold on and believe that in the end, God is going to reward you for your sacrifice. Amen and amen. And thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Now, today, I hope, you, I hope you're getting it that no matter what you think you've given up as a believer, you got to remind yourself, amen, that promotion is coming. But not only promotion in the end, but promotion now. That prosperity, he says, I will give you now. Don't let the devil sell you on that. Your stuff ain't going to happen until you die. No, you're going you're gonna to have, but you know what's stopping us? The first point. What's the first point? Pride. <laughs> Pride will stop the flow. That rich man said, man, please, you want me to give up what? You, give, you want me to give up this whole bank account I got? No way. I ain't giving up all that. Why should I give all that up? For what? See, the rich man didn't see the value in Jesus. The only thing the rich man wanted was eternal life, but you can't have eternal life without Jesus. I'm talking to somebody. Listen, you want to, don't want a Christianity without Jesus. Don't want the benefits without Jesus. See? And today, if you need prayer, Amen. I got two minutes. If you need prayer, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to, I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe you're saying, man, my sacrifice, I've been looking at my sacrifice the wrong way. You follow what I'm saying? You looked at that stimulus check and you're like, man, I got to get $60 out of that stimulus. Man, listen, that's a, that's a big sacrifice right there. You understand what I'm saying? But let me tell you something. Some of you are like, man, I should. Was I supposed to tie it on that? Yeah, you supposed to do that. Amen. But check this out. It's a sacrifice. But let me tell you something. In the end, it will pay off because Jesus said, I will give you a listen. Listen to the return rate, y'all. The stock market can't give you that. Game Boy's stock went up in one day, quadrupled in one day, and then it went right back down in, in three days later. If, if people didn't cash out, they would have lost all their money. 
My point is the return rate for your sacrifice with Christ is better than the return rate you would get with anything else.